Welcome to Pulling Weeds and Planting Seeds, a podcast for growing your faith, where we simply consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I love road trips. I get it from my dad. Uh, You know, I remember he would pile us into the car and we would just drive. Now, I was just a kid and I don't remember a whole lot about those details, but I know that I loved it. Um, And when I started driving, I just continued that road trip uh, tradition. And one of my first trips was with my best friend, Mike, and we drove from Hazleton, Pennsylvania to Trent, New Jersey to see the Newsboys and DC Talk in concert. It was a blast. And you know, before the days of GPS in cars, uh, and and the comfort of our phones, we had to rely on Rand McNally road atlases. Do you remember those things? Or how about if you had a membership to AAA, you can order and get these things called triptychs. And uh, the, the atlas was this book that you would fold out or the triptychs were these maps that you'd unfold and you'd have to highlight your route from point A to point B. Now, you had no idea what the traffic would be like or if there was construction, and basically you needed a PhD in topography and a very confident navigator. And so GPS was a huge game changer. Sometimes you don't need a map. You just follow someone who knows where they're going. Follow me, they would say. But (laughs) of course, we all know that doesn't always work, right? Uh, Sometimes when they take off, uh, they take off so fast and you just can't keep up with them, especially if you're driving an old beat up Ford Escort like I was, or they won't watch to make sure that you're staying up uh, close behind them and they take a turn, you don't see it, um, or they'll come to a, a traffic light as it's turning yellow and they'll fly through it, leaving you there at the red light. Don't you love that? Um, But hey, it's a road trip and you're having fun, right? In Matthew chapter 4, uh, here we find Jesus beginning his earthly ministry tour, and he's he's selecting his dream team. Uh, he's uh, he's handpicking these guys to do life with, and he's offering them this great opportunity uh, to do something bigger than themselves. And in fact, it's like he's inviting them on a road trip. And one of the first guys he calls is Simon Peter. And Peter's a fisherman by trade. He's in a boat with his brother, Andrew, and they're on the Sea of Galilee. And of course, they're going about their own business. They're just trying to keep the family business running. And Jesus calls to them and he says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, their response is amazing because it says at once they left their nets and followed him. And now if you look at the other Gospels uh, account of this, it sheds a little bit more light on it and how the whole thing goes down. See, Jesus had already been preaching and healing people in the town there. And so they knew who he was and what he was doing. They knew all about him. And so, and in fact, being Jewish men, they, they understood when a rabbi asks you and a teacher says, come follow me they knew it was to be discipled. Uh, And so when Jesus is saying, follow me, come on this road trip with me, he wasn't just looking for companionship. He was looking for commitment from these somewhat strangers. He was asking them to choose a whole new way of life. Follow me, join me on this road trip. As far as your careers, your family, uh, your status in life, it all becomes secondary. And it's all an afterthought. Follow me. Forget the fish. We're going after something bigger. And so right there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Simon 
called Peter, made a choice that altered the course of his life, and he chose to follow Jesus. Now, this was the same Simon Peter that later confessed that Jesus was truly the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus congratulates this epiphany of sorts that he has. In fact, he says, blessed are you, Simon, because God revealed this to you. It wasn't from human wisdom or somebody else didn't tell you. God told you that. That revelation of truth is now going to be the foundation that I build my church on. This is the same Peter who about 60 seconds later tries to correct Jesus and rebuke him when he starts talking about his coming suffering and death. And Jesus has to say to him, get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine that one minute he's saying, great answer, Peter, great job, you're awesome. And then the next it's get behind me, Satan. (laughs) I can't imagine that. This is also the same Peter that as he saw Jesus walking on water toward the boat in the middle of the night, he says, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come out on the water with you. And Jesus goes ahead and he says, all right, come on. And so Peter steps out of the boat and he walks on the water. Well, at least for a minute until he takes his eyes off Jesus and he begins to sink in the water and Jesus has to come and save him. But this is also the same Peter that was one of the three chosen to go with Jesus and pray in the garden. But of course, we know that Peter twice falls asleep when Jesus needed him the most. This is the same Peter that when they came to arrest Jesus, uh, Peter in boldness pulls out his sword and he cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant. And, and moments later, even though he, he, he had said, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you, Jesus. But we know that later that night, the same Peter denies Jesus three times. It was Peter who, after seeing the empty tomb, still didn't understand that Jesus had to raise from the dead. It's the same Peter that, after even seeing the resurrected Christ, figures, well, I guess this road trip's over and I need to go back to fishing. It's like just three and a half years earlier, they were at that same lake doing that exact same thing when Jesus first called them to follow him. So we pick up in John chapter 21 and you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that that Peter was giving up and the other disciples were, were giving up. It just means that they just didn't know what to do next. And so here they are in John 21. They're, 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 they're fishing again, and they're all night fishing, but they don't catch anything. And someone from the shore yells to them, did you catch anything? Now, they didn't realize it was Jesus yet, and they just yelled back, well, no, we haven't. So he says, throw your nets on the other side of the boat, and you'll find some. And so when they did that, they caught so many fish that they couldn't even haul them in. And then it dawns on one of them. It's like, hey, hasn't this happened before? And they realize that it's Jesus calling to them from the shore. And it's as if the the light goes on in their minds. And perhaps Peter in that moment is remembering that, man, I was in the same spot three and a half years ago when this exact same thing happened. And in classic Peter form, He doesn't even hesitate. He boldly jumps into the water uh, and swims to the shore to meet Jesus, leaving the other disciples to, to row the boat to the shore. And together on the shore, they all eat some breakfast together. And here we pick up in John 21, verse 15. It says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. 
Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. You know, I guess it's not surprising that Jesus asked Peter three different times if he truly loved him. I mean, Peter did, after all, deny him three times not too long before this, right? I don't think, though, it was so much of a question of if Peter loved Jesus, but how much Peter loved Jesus. And, you know, I just I feel like there's just three things that I want to share real quick that that I think is the meaning of follow me. And the first is this. I I think follow me means to become a disciple. Follow me is a call to get out of the boat and to make a personal commitment to be a disciple of Christ. It means to listen and to learn from your master, your teacher, your rabbi. It means to join Jesus on this road trip of life. See, it's more than just a Sunday service experience or an altar experience where we give our heart to Jesus. It's where we have to own our own faith. It's where we study God's word for ourselves. It's where then we also give people permission to speak into our life, to challenge our faith, to help us to become better. It's where we join a group and we experience deep, authentic connection where we can find freedom and then take next steps in our faith. And then secondly, I think follow me means to keep your eyes on Jesus, not on the waves. See, follow me is a call to get out of the boat and to walk on water. It's a test of our faith. See, Peter had to learn, just like we do, that we have to get out of the boat. And in order to do that and to keep our eyes on Jesus, Peter had to learn two things, and we have to as well. He had to learn to pray through because there's no sleeping on the job. Trying to follow Jesus without a consistent prayer life is like running a car without oil. It just doesn't work. You may be able to go for a little while, but eventually you're going to burn out the engine. You're going to burn out your spiritual life because prayer is what feeds our faith. And then the second thing Peter had to learn that we do as well, and that was to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you continue through Peter's journey of life and of faith, you see that in Acts chapter 1-8, Jesus spoke to them about receiving the power of the Holy Spirit if they would wait for it. And he said, wait until it comes and it pours out on you. And then in Acts chapter 2-4, we see that he received the enabling of the Holy Spirit to go and do what he was called to do. And that's what we need in order to keep our eyes on Jesus and not the waves. Third, Follow me means to stand up, speak out, and step into your calling. See, follow me is a call to step into your gift. And for Peter, it was to address the crowd. See, everything Peter experienced up to this point, every follow me call that he answered led him to this very moment in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, where he stands up, raises his voice, and addresses the crowd. See, his, his boldness and his voice was his gift, and that's what God wanted him to use all along. 
He was a leader and influencer, and God wanted to use that to build his church. See, everyone has a gift, and God wants to use that. He wants to use you and your gift to stand up, to speak out, and to address the crowd. See, maybe you're in the same boat as Peter figuratively. Uh, You had a momentous call to follow him at salvation. Uh, You've walked with Jesus. Maybe even at times it seemed like you were walking on water. You had some great spiritual encounters and experiences. You've you've gained knowledge of who he is and, and your faith was growing. But then also at times you've doubted his power or his purposes and maybe even to the point that you've compromised your convictions and you've you've denied him by the choices you've made. Or maybe even after everything you've seen and heard and experienced, you're confused about why God allows certain things to happen or maybe your expectations haven't been met and you just don't know what to do next. You've gone back to the same place you were before the whole road trip even began. You're back to doing what's comfortable and what's easy. The result isn't going to be any different either, though, because it's going to lead to unfulfilled, unsatisfied, empty, hungry, and frustrated life. So how many times is it going to take? How many times does he need to ask you, do you love me? See, everyone hearing this right now, no matter where you are, physically or spiritually, all of us are being asked like Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than a career, more than a relationship, more than a social status, more than your title, more than the size of your bank account? Do you love me? How many times will it take for him to ask you to be his disciple and go all in? How many times will it take for him to ask you to keep your eyes on him, to walk by faith and not by sight? How many times will it take him to ask you to embrace what he created you for and to use that gift he's empowered you with and to make a difference in the world? I don't know how many times he's asked you. I couldn't tell you how many times he's asked me, but what I do know is that regardless of how many times this is that he's asking, he's still asking. He's asking you today, do you love me? Then follow me. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pulling Weeds and Planting Seeds. If you would like a copy of the study guide that offers some great next steps, you can simply click the link provided on this page or just go ahead and email me at roger at rogernelms.com. I would also love it if you would share this podcast with your friends and your family, share it on your social media as well. This is just a simple tool to encourage you and to stir one another's faith towards love and good deeds. I also want to thank my brother, Brian Nelms, who's pastoring in Canada, my dear friends, Mike and Sarah Pudlow, who are pastoring in Massachusetts, my friends, David Johnson, Casey Jabora, and Mike Richards, and other anonymous supporters who have already been contributing to our GoFundMe as I'm preparing to release and publish my first book called The 12 Developing Spiritual Habits. So thank you so much. And if you need more information, you can go to my social media pages and find that. Until next time, remember that your spiritual life and your personal growth are your responsibility. It is in the daily care of our spiritual habits that we grow our faith. And that's why we focus on pulling weeds and planting seeds.